Kia ora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello, Chris. Hello, Mark. That was a little bit of a kind of, yeah, Chris kind of comment. Yeah, no, it wasn't. What's the matter? This lockdown getting you down? (laughs) It wasn't directed at you. It's just the the general... Our listeners? No, it's the general, hey, what did you do in the weekend? Well, nothing. Nothing. I was locked in. (laughs) Um, But but good news, Chris, we are here uh, to brighten your day. Well... Or evening, or evening. You know, any any part of your day really. Maybe you're going for a very short run around your neighbourhood. I mean, this is this is so we're you know we're in New Zealand, we're in lockdown, we're being good about it mostly. <laughs> mostly, yeah. Um, and and I'm sure you know wherever you are in the world, whether you're in lockdown or in restricted kind of circumstances, or just well, wondering what the rest of the world is fearing. Yes, maybe. Um, you know, we 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 are here to brighten that moment yes um, but before we brighten it too much let's just disclaim that the uh, views and opinions expressed on this podcast are ours only and nothing to do with um people we work for or work with yes um and and it always leads me to another story chris i actually borrowed a drone on the weekend did you crash it no oh no but it was andrew's drone again and i was just scared silly um, just in case you're wondering, it was well within my bubble how I was using it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what were you using it for? I mean, you, you've piqued my interest now. I was using it for um, ortho photography. Okay. Well, okay. just photogrammetry, really. Okay. Um, sure. But it took me one battery to learn how to use it, then one battery to um, mistakenly video instead of taking photos <laughs> um, and then there's about a minute and a half of, of sheer dread when it goes battery low returning to base and you're like no don't don't because there's big structures in the way just like just land can you just land please and it did does it not know <laughs> how to fly around the structures and stuff no 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 it doesn't oh. at all oh. it um oh. yeah it it does some weird stuff when it when it returns to home. See, I can't believe how many. And what type of drone is it, by the way? It is a DJI Spark. Well, I mean, I can't believe how many times we've mentioned DJI on this podcast. It's like free advertising. Yeah. And I don't know about you, um, and maybe it's in the post and it's just been held up. I mean, you know, it's not uh, essential. Yeah, but but it hasn't dropped through my letterbox at any point. No. Um, do they not know uh, <laughs> that that we? Yeah, regularly talk about them, mostly in positive ways. Well, yeah, we used to until they stopped sending us drones or never started. Never, never started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're in New Zealand where we are allowed to fly them. It's not like we're in the States where you're not allowed to fly them anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But anyway, that was my fear of of um, putting that disclaimer in, and which was similar to the, to the disclaimer I, I gave Andrew. I promised not to crash it again. <laughs> So how is uh, how is lockdown treating you, Mark? Um, I know the uh, you know our listeners would love to know. Um, uh, are you are you coping? How's the family? Have you been coughing or feverish or anything? No, we're we're actually really good. Um, yeah, I've, I work from home anyway, so there isn't much change there. 
It's like Busman's uh, Holiday for you then. It, it, it actually is quite, it's quite disappointing when people are going, oh, I've got all this free time. It's like, no, it's just the same time. Mm. Uh, what about you, Chris? You've um, locked the kids in the cupboard? The, the kids are um, spending Whoops. a lot of time with their, their tutor, um, Mr. YouTube, <laughs> uh, and quite a bit of time with, uh, you know, apps. and th They now talk incessantly about Fortnite as though I care. It's, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, we've got the gun thing that fires thing. Okay. Yeah, no, I know sure. that. Uh, yes. If um, I don't play now, I'll, I won't get the credits or I'll lose my credits and... Yes, and <coughs> something to do with V-Bucks, which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so that's um, that's my life at the moment is, uh, you know, I'm oh, no, set you, up in a nice little office. It's good. Share with the listeners that you had a family skipping competition. We did. We had a family skip off. Um, uh, I lost that. You lost to your was she an eleven year old daughter? Eleven year old daughter. I mean, she's a natural, naturally talented in that regard. All oh, right. Uh, my, like your mother. My, well, no, my mum. My mum. No, my my lovely darling wife. Um, she's here, by the way. She can't go out at the moment. Uh, <laughs> um, she obviously did this as a child, so she's she's got like you know innate or you know learnt skills, but I didn't do much skipping as a small boy. Um, right. Oh, I have got an exciting news. I'm, I'm going to mention it. I'm quite proud. Um, I, I, I received, after a little while, I received oh, yes. my GISP dash slash hyphen AP. Yes, and for those who don't know what the acronym means, Chris? Uh, it's my GIS professional certification certificate um, and the AP stands for Asia Pacific because that's the region I'm with oh. and I, I am number um, 0145 uh, which I think as you pointed out means that um, there are more SAS in New Zealand than there are GISPs <laughs> which I, 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 I look at that and think well okay fair enough I'm, I'm quite yeah. quite special in that regard you, you're even more special than our special forces yeah Oh, no, I'm going to definitely use that. More special than our special forces. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good on you for getting a piece of paper. Nothing says experience like a piece of paper. Do you know what? It's not just a piece of paper. It's slightly thicker card. <laughs> okay, then. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed, mate. It's taken good. a long time to be able to do that. And I'd like to say that this podcast do aided considerably in my point scoring, I think, anyway. Just to um, just to clarify, you didn't actually have to do anything. You just had to um, collate things. Uh, perhaps you haven't collated things for your GISP mark, but you're, you're kind of selling that as a kind well, it's, of, oh, you it's, just had to. Do you know how much effort it takes to find well, the conferences that I went to at the you know in the start of my career, two thousand and nine? Do you remember that conference, Mark? Did you go to it? Did you go? Have you got any proof? Oh, the effort. I'd just like to point out, I think one of your ex-colleagues uh, got his um, much earlier than yours. Yes. And, and you, you started at the same where time. Where is she now? Huh? She, I bet she's like... Well, in, a, in a better job. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, hey, Natalie. Well done. Shout out there. She might be listening. Yeah, who knows? Um, but anyway, shall we get into some news? Because we're news-tastic. I mean, we could. I quite enjoy just chatting, actually. 
But okay, okay, I will do some news. Go on, go on, play the play the sting or the bed or whatever it's called. Spatial news. Oh, well played. Do you remember when we chose that news? It was like the most news-sounding news music we could find. I think it still is. It still sounds very newsy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're starting off. Well, last week, last week, last podcast. If only it was last week. Uh, we were quite heavy on the uh, COVID nineteen. We weren't in lockdown, were we? Were we? No, we weren't. Uh, we were about to go to lockdown. I think we were about to go to lockdown. Now we've experienced lockdown for uh, coming up to two weeks. This is our. Is tomorrow two? Uh, when's two weeks? It is. Well, yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. anyway. Um. <laughs> right. So. Hey Chris, are you bored at home? Oh my goodness, yes. Do you, does your job involve producing maps? It does. Well, what you could do is yeah. that you could um, print some maps off and uh, colour them in and be paid for it. Actually be paid for it? I don't know how you could get away with it with your manager, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Mapbox um, have put together a printable colouring in-book. See, I, I don't know about the being paid for it, but I think this is a wonderful thing that um, you can do with your kids. Well, and my first thought was, oh, sounds a little dull. And then I look at the um, maps they've chosen and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, um, so, so we've got Africa, Lagos, Cape Town, Mouth of Disneyland. the River. Disneyland. That's there. That's in North America. Yeah, Disneyland. Yeah. San Fran. Um, what have we got in Asia? What have we got over here? Australia and Pacific Islands. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, move on. We're <laughs> not doing this story. If Mapbox cannot, I mean, New Zealand. It, we're we're on the corner of the world. We we understand. <laughs> but they could do better. Australia, Pacific Islands, and New Zealand is what I want to see in Chapter Eleven. Rangitoto. I mean, there's so many gorgeous things you could do in New Zealand. Mount Aspiring National Park. Yeah. What about uh, what about um, what was that one we did the other day? Um, Mount Taranaki. Taranaki. Oh, oh, it's just circles. Whatever. Um. Okay, you're a bit you're a bit down on that, but um. Look at that. Uh, they've got Australia and Pacific Islands. Haven't even got a map. We haven't even New Zealand's no. not even on it. Melbourne rubbish. Actually, I quite like Melbourne. To be fair. <laughs> anyway, right. Anyway. If your kids are you know bored, mine are, um, and you're sick of allowing them playing Fortnite or whatever else. Yeah. Then some really good map colouring. Get you know, start them early with their cartographic, you know, training. Yeah, that's right. Um it's a good thing to do, I think. Um heck, why don't you get them a free uh, educational GIS license from Esri? And well, get I them could. building web maps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Spatial news. Um, now we weren't going to talk too much about uh, the uh, the COVID nineteen, and as as you said, Chris, as a Freudian slip, uh, the pandemonium. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is the seven best practices for mapping a pandemic or pandemonium, depending on uh, how you're feeling. So, um, what is it, Chris? Appropriate colours? It's it's actually sounds like stuff we said last week or last time. Yeah, and this this is a this is again from uh, Mapbox. We're, we're being we're a little bit Mapbox tastic this week, I think, actually, when it comes to news. Um, 
so yeah, it's Mapbox, and they are—they're just giving a few hints and tips about, yeah, how to map the pandemic well. And you know, like all these things, we we occasionally see some some poor maps when it comes to uh, mapping things. There's nothing like people who think they can map when they clearly can't. Um, <laughs> and and I'm including most newspapers in that. Perhaps. Yeah, there's a great um, piece here. Visualize your data appropriately. Some data is better suited for a chart than a map. Yes. Which is one of the points we made last time. Was yeah. that, oh, the poor blurring of um, boundaries. And you see that in New Zealand and all these hotspot maps where, in fact, all they've got is the center of the region and then change the size of the um, the circle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so you know, as you mentioned it, we, we talked about this last week, and it comes of no surprise really that Mapbox will then do a story on it you know, the week after. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying they listen. But, some are leaders, know. some are followers. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it it is great stuff. So if you can't remember what we said last time, um, have a look at the seven best practices for mapping a pandemic from Mapbox. Yes, well done, Mapbox. Spatial news. Uh, now, one of the things that have become quite obvious, Chris, is that people aren't going out. They're not. Um, I mean, they're not. They're not going out in their cars, uh, at least not as many. Um, if I wander around my neighbourhood, I, I tend to see more people than I would usually because everybody is out for a walk. And you're doing that weird thing where you're like coming close to people and then both of you sort of sidestep a little bit and then keep your two, three metres distance. Absolutely. It's very oh. bizarre. Um, but I would recommend just a bit of caution. I was on my bike, um, screaming down a hill, and then wondered why this woman was walking on my part of the road. <laughs> yeah. Because she was trying to avoid someone. I was like, uh, uh, no, no, I'm not stopping fast. It's quite uh, interesting. So, you know, pedestrians have during during the lockdown at least this at least in our part of the world okay i don't know what it's like elsewhere because i'm clearly not there but in our part of the world pedestrians are reclaiming the streets you know you, yes. you are now just as likely to walk down the middle of the street as you are to walk down the footpath and obviously there are still a few car drivers who are going to the supermarket or there are essential workers and they're going to work and so forth but a few of them seem to have not quite understood that things have changed somewhat <laughs> and you you know you know I was out today with with my kids going for a little run, and you know the car driver was beeping at people on the road. You're kind of like, "Hey, pal, you know, yeah. walking here." <laughs> my best, uh, you know, New York accent. But you, you know what Bro I mean. There, there's kind of things have changed. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a fantastic time to be a cyclist. Yes, as long as you don't cycle too far, because then. Well, what is too far? Well, I think the, in Auckland, the guy who cycles 75 kilometres, that, that they suggested that probably wasn't um, keeping in his neighbourhood. Uh, could have just that been was, That was via Strava, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> Yet again, Strava strikes. Yeah. Yeah, they do say don't Strava at this time. <laughs> anyway, um, this story, which we were getting onto. Again by Mapbox. Hey, Mapbox. Yeah. Love you guys. Where and when local travel decreased from COVID-19 around the world. And they've got some lovely visualization of um, the density before and after. Um, some sunny, and they've done it well, actually. I like their, um, what's that, fishnet? Yeah. Of um, They've gridded it up, a nice fishnet, looks good. Um, 
and major drop-offs and travel times and and just interesting it's, stuff. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, you kind of expect it, but it's still crazy. Yeah, just how much um, change there has been. Yeah, humongous amounts of change. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, what are we saying here? It's interesting. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, it is, and it, this, this kind of leads on to our, our next story, because how on earth have they got the data, I think is, is the question that I have. All right, just before we move on, the, the way they've graded it is really cool in that where there's been the most decrease, they have put the stronger color, but it's not yep. red, it's a brownie orange. Um, but you see the, in Europe, the likes of Italy is completely dark brown, like the darkest you can get. It's the sun, it's warm there. All right. Um, and then other parts of Europe, uh, f like Europe as a whole is not that dark. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm not quite sure exact what the time frame was for these maps because that would, you know, was the UK in lockdown at the same time as Italy? I don't think it was. It's no, it wasn't. Yeah, so it's why the UK doesn't look much changed. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, the change, yeah, it was the 13th of January. Yeah. Uh, it will have changed again. But yeah, Italy is essentially a nothing's moving. Yeah. Uh, or so the, the, not, nothing moving. There's no traffic. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Spatial news. Right, but one of the interesting things that picked up from that story was it's taken from map. The data is collected by Mapbox Telemetry. Mm. What is Mapbox Telemetry, Mark? Well, Mapbox SDKs collect anonymous data about the map and device location to continuously update and improve your maps. Basically. I mean, they all do this. We know Google does this. We've talked about security before. Um, but yeah, Mapbox is actually, um, actually has an SDK. Oh, yep. we know it has an SDK, sorry. It is actually collecting that data. Um, and yeah, I, it doesn't quite say selling it. Well, actually, it says uh, quite clearly, uh, telemetry, not tracking, no ads or advertising data. We do not record advertising identifiers on uh, the device, so data cannot be employed for targeting advertising. So so it is purely capturing uh, the, the location rather than, you know. Yeah, but as we discussed in the last, week, last episode with the um, billboards on the taxis, hmm. um, if you if they know your location and they know the taxi's location, they can do it for marketing. Uh, sure, but I, th I think they're saying they're not. Okay. They're not using it for those purposes. <laughs> to be clear, disclaimer. Um, yeah. But yeah, really, really interesting. I mean, I, I guess they're using it um, as you would expect. Uh, you know. Um, it helps identify new roads and new streets that have, uh, you know, people are driving down that aren't in cadastres as yet. Um, yeah, helps helps flow, helps lots of stuff. But um, yeah. I think, I suppose we, we're in we're in two minds. One is going, hmm, they're collecting data. Two is, well, they're collecting data. Well, I think I think this is a. It's one of these. And this has got nothing to do with map books or you know the telemetry or the data they collect. But in general, I think the people, you know, the population, you know, uh, in general, is unaware of the information that is being collected about their device. Yes. Um, and, and to some extent themselves, uh, all the time. 
Yeah, and I think um, one of the things we'd add to our list of advice is if you're not using an app, close it. Unless you don't care. Unless you don't care. That's true. And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm in two minds on this one, really. Uh, you know, there's the, uh, I don't care because I actually think it might benefit me or society as a whole by, you know, providing my location information. Uh, you know, if if uh, emergency services can act better, if there's a better response to emergency, uh, to to uh, national uh, emergency or you know COVID nineteen, because somebody knows where my phone is, um, <laughs> I don't know how fussed I am about that. If, uh, yeah. if advertising is actually targeted at me about things that I'm slightly interested in. Yeah, as opposed to in the uh, the good old days where it was kind of you know you just got marketed any old crap. Um, now at least it's targeted crap. You know, there's yeah, there's an improvement there. Yeah, I would just caveat that with the um, it's it's not that the data is being collected; it's that it's the data is collected by private companies. Yep, sure. Um, and so is that better or worse than it being collected by the government? Well, it's it's better. <laughs> <laughs> and that we can feel safer um but it it does feel like it it, it could it should be worse <laughs> all right moving on ah, dude. spatial news right and speaking of tracking people do you know what mark sometimes it's it's almost like we've planned this well one, uh, at least one of us turns up to, to the planning meetings. So. Yeah, and that's all it takes. Just one of us. <laughs> right. Interesting story here. Um, this guy became a suspect in a home burglary because he rode past, past the house when it was being burgled. Okay, carry on. That's pretty much the story. Um, but anyway, um, so John Schwab, other pronunciations are, are, are available. Yeah. Um, was cycling past. Oh no, it wasn't. This is by, the, by yeah, John Schrupp. That's, that's the author of the story. Yeah, it, it just just sounded like it. Honestly, reading reading's my second language. Uh, Zachary McCoy is who's who you actually mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on, Mark. Uh, anyway, it was as he prepared to leave for his job. He got an email. No. At least one of us don't an know email. meeting, Mark. Come on. Uh, I I I was one of presented this story i've read it an email arrived on a tuesday afternoon in january it's the first line <laughs> of the story uh it's not in my notes um anyway writing to know that the local police had demanded information related to his google account the company said it would release the data unless he went to court and tried to block it he had seven days um basically that stressed him out he went to a lawyer um and then he was also confused because he didn't know what he'd done. <laughs> so he was like, well, do I go to, go to the police? Are they going to arrest me? What, what, what is it? Mm -hmm. um, so he went to a lawyer, which is always a smart choice, um, and learned that the police had got a geofence warrant. Sounds exciting. That's quite cool. Um, and what they did was geofenced the property and went to Google and I presume Apple. As well. Others, other people are available, yep. Yeah. Yep. Maybe Mapbox. Um, and said, 
who went through here um and so he was let off because he was cycling past um there's a few things that strike us about this story one is that these geofence warrants are available um this is in the states so i'm not quite sure on the legality of other countries no um but they have increased these geofence warrants have increased dramatically in the last couple of years um as the police try and do it uh try and find out more information which is a great idea um i just just think they could maybe be more better in their communication um because this poor guy was scared silly going what have i done uh yeah, and, and yeah, to be clear again, he was just cycling past at the time. Yeah, and I, I get, you, you just feel there was a step there, and I, maybe maybe Google can't give the data without telling them. But if they could give the data and then the police could sift through it and go, not, you know, he was cycling through, it's obvious not him. Yeah. He, didn't, he couldn't stop in time to do that. Um, it would have just, I don't know, made the world a less stressful place well i mean i've only heard of this geofence warrant in the us um i don't know if other countries have it um but you know if you've been geofence warranted um let us know It'd be really interested to know um, yeah you know uh but but surely this is where we're going right you know the use of technology to investigate crime it kind of makes sense doesn't it um yeah, so just, just to put some uh, quantitative measures on that dramatically increased, uh, 2017 to 2018, so a 1,500% increase, wow. which you and can't have more is, than a 100% increase. So This know. is using the geofence warrants, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, 18 to 19 was a 500% increase. That's quite an increase. Uh, yeah, that's massive. So um, what are we saying, Chris? If you're going to do something wrong, don't take your phone. I, th- I think actually that is what we're saying. Um, <laughs> don't take your phone. Uh, if you're doing something right, do take your phone. That's what I love about this podcast, right? We, you know, we just dole out great advice to, uh, or dole out great advice to all kinds of people. To everyone, we're, uh, yeah. we don't discriminate. We do not, um, but don't commit crime, kids. Spatial news. Okay, and more super exciting news. And, and again, uh, it's one of these, uh, we've talked about this before, right? We've, we've talked about the use of blockchain uh, within mapping. Um, I can't remember which episode it was, but we've talked about it. Go back and listen to the back catalogue. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, General Motors have obviously listened. Um, yep. Because, um, again, they, followers and leaders. Yeah, they have uh, filed for a patent for a blockchain-based navigation map. Yeah. And um, the, according to the filing, it as one uh, general motor solution is to distribute the processing of um, vehicle or data collection to many vehicles and so basically you've got vehicles blockchaining to each other uh-huh. um, bits of data to be secure huh. um, yeah and that's you, you wonder why GM did it and not here Here's a question. Because yeah, here's owned it. by GM, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember who owns here. Chrysler and Mercedes. And, is it? Yeah, BMW. It's on one of our episodes. It is, yes. Um, I don't think it's GM, to be fair. But um, 
yeah uh it's a really interesting story and um i don't know whether uh i don't, I don't know what that means for others who are uh, you know um looking at this i can't believe that jim are the first people to get there um because i mean you know yeah we've talked about you know the use of jim in uh in, in terms of mapping in the past so um yeah kind of surprised perhaps there are others out there i don't know yeah i don't know and it's for the future it's obviously not for now um yeah so this is based on the stuff that tesla's doing with their you know really smart cars um and the and self-driving cars and you know all the scanning that's going to go on now so you never have to uh, drive your car oh there's an interesting comment here the um the reason they gm are focused on this is because their GM's Super Cruise feature, uh, which provides semi uh, provides a semi-automated driving experience on some luxury models, um, but unlike Tesla, the system relies very heavily on navigation maps, so it can only really work on supported roads, i.e., roads that have uh, you know uh, that yeah. are accurate enough to allow this kind of um, semi-automated driving experience. That uh, doesn't seem very imagine, smart. Well, maybe not, but I can imagine that for for that to work uh, you'd want to ensure that your uh, your navigation um, your mapping capability within your navigation system is uh, highly secure and I guess that's where blockchain comes in <laughs> okay um, but yeah interesting times hmm. anyway spatial news all right. After all that heaviness, Chris, how about something for free? Well, you know me. I always like free drones. I mean, sorry, <laughs> free. Well, free stuff. basically anything, as, as I've proved at numerous conferences. Yeah, free. Free's good. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. If it's free, I'll take it. Um, FME, the, um, the unsung hero of the geoprocessing world. Totally. Awesome product. Love it. Um. They're offering free licenses for COVID-19 projects. So cool. if, if, you, um, if you want your kids to do some geoprocessing <laughs> and they're stuck at home with COVID-19, yep. it sounds legitimate. Um, and all you got to do is fill, that, fill out a little form, uh, including stating how COVID-19 is impacting you. I am working on COVID-19 projects or research, unable to access my work license from home, Stuck at home and just want to use FME. Oh, I like that third option. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now, there's lots of training. FME's come a long way. I don't know when the last pe time people actually saw it, but it used to be very, um, oh, you build stuff and then you push go and then you can't see anything. Like, it, it ha it's had viewers, but they haven't been great. When was the last um, time you used FME? Oh, decades ago. Yeah, okay. Right, no, no, so... it, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't super great. It wasn't ArcMap. Uh, uh, but now it's 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 getting better. I do find with FME, and there's no criticism of FME at all because I love it. Uh, but there, there's kind of like you know, there's a map and then there's a workbench, uh, and it's it's difficult to get as excited about a workbench if it's not you know, than than a map. But that's just yeah. just that's just. Me, I think that's know. more cultural because yes, you're such an Esri type of guy. Well, I'm a mappy type of guy. And I like maps, and a workbench just isn't quite as, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, if you can find an excuse to um, oh, 
to I don't know include COVID nineteen in your work, mm-hmm. um, get a free FME license. It's well worth it. And I th- is, you know, FME is not the only people to do your, your free licenses. I think Esri are doing free licenses. Uh, you know, others are doing yeah uh, free licenses. Esri's well. doing it if you're part of the disaster response. So it's a bit higher bar, I think. Okay. Um, but you know, don't quote us on that. See the disclaimer. Okay. Cool. Spatial news. And other free stuff, Chris. You didn't well, get to go to um to the partner conference and get no, the freebies there. No. Um, um, but how would you like a free online course? Well, I think this is the this is the kind of, you know, you're stuck in lockdown. You've got nothing to do at the weekend because literally there is nothing to do at the weekend. Uh, in, in our case, we got excited about cleaning and we cleaned the house with an inch of its life um, because it was something to do but now we're wondering what we're going to do next weekend anyway uh in case you're in that similar situation there are now numerous uh free courses that you can undertake uh during the lockdown um to kind of upskill yourself yeah um and i think the most relevant one to most people will be the esri academy and mm-hmm. what are they not Marabs. what are they massive online course mockers I know what you're saying, but Mook, I can't remember the acronym either. Ah. Moogs. Massive Mooks. online. Or is that gaming? Anyway. <laughs> um, there's some really good ones there. I've um, And there's introductions to Python and um, lots of stuff that you're just going, I wonder how that works. It, there's there's a ton of stuff in, in the Esri Online stuff. Um, and you don't have to have an Esri license necessarily. Yeah. Um, to to go and do it. So there's Esri. I quite like the look of Trinity College's data visualisation for all. Now is that Trinity College London? Is that Trinity College Cambridge? Is that Trinity College Oxford? Um, Connecticut. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, lesser known Trinity College. <laughs> the the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, such academic snobbery. Um, There's the uh, the Hong Kong Polytechnic University introduction to urban geoinformatics. I like cool. geoinformatics. It's a MOOC. It's a MOOC. Of course, it's a MOOC. Massive online open course MOOC. There we go. Yeah. Um, and then the MIT. Yes. Which is the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Uh, they've got a few courses there. Or spatial database management, advanced geographic information systems. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Penn State. I mean, there's, there's, there's others as well. There are. There, um, there's lots of kind of opportunity out there to, to better yourself whilst, you know. So what, what appeals, Chris? A bit of Python? A bit of just general GIS fundamentals? I, I like the analytics side of things. I want to, you know, do some... Yeah, because you were playing with data cubes recently. Space, yeah, space time cubes, yeah. Space time cubes, yeah. And and they didn't work as well as the TARDIS does. Do you know? Uh, after a bit of prodding, and you know, wishing my laptop was bigger, beefier, and all round more powerful, um, I built some data cubes, and they were actually really quite revealing. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, worth, worth, worth having a play around with. I also actually, uh, last week, I downloaded the uh, ArcGIS Pro Crime Analyst um, add-in. It's just, it's just so you could leave your phone at home? I could what? Yes. Yep, sorry. Um, as as listeners who've listened to this uh, podcast. So. Yes, you invented the Crime Analyst toolbar. Yeah, I don't like to talk about it, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah of course I did. Um, not not the one currently used in Pro, but the uh, the ArcGIS desktop. One. The ArcGIS three point one. No, 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 no. It was it was a nine nine three and upwards. Right. I think it's still around. Anyway, um, yes. Now now they kind of uh, Esri kind of had a look and went, oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that in Pro and and have done. And it's you know it's not bad you know hasn't got as cool icons obviously as the one that i helped develop but you know it's not bad anyway um doesn't have bex the dog it doesn't have bex the dog oh i wonder where bex Bex is now i mean to be fair it's probably died (laughs) wow (laughs) here we were happy uh happy talking about time cubes space time cubes bex the dog is such a uh you know in joke in thing for old school you know Esri users yeah I can imagine anybody under the age of oh what's your 50 yeah pretty much no I'm under that age thanks under the age of 40 perhaps there's no idea who Bex the dog is um so listeners that's your homework uh for (laughs) for next week or next podcast tell us who's Bex the dog um right and why if if you find that out pretty fast, go do a um, MOOC. Go to what? A MOOC. Massive Spatial online news. open course. Okay. You crushed your own. I had anyway. to. Okay. <sighs> it's all going to pot. Right. Here comes the bed. Spatial news. Right, and on a more exciting note, more interesting, something right up your alley, Chris. Now, this will waste hours of your time. It already has, to be fair. <laughs> the British Library, that great, um, what do you call it? Bastion. Institution. Ba- oh, Bastion as well, institution, okay. Of um, library? Libraryness? Learning? Well, learnedness, oh I think. Bastion. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, almost learn, lo- losing the will here. Uh, yes, they have released, and this is pretty awesome, but they've released a whole um, bunch of digital globes. Yeah, now we uh, get excited about old maps. Old globes, Chris, woohoo! Oh, I know, I know. Um, now, I've been playing around with these, and they have some, you know, 17th, 18th century uh, globes, which are pretty fun to play with. Um, my only criticism is that I'm not a huge fan of the mechanics of the globe itself. Um, uh, okay then. But you know, you know, that's that that's kind of me. But they're you know some fantastic, fantastic globes. I'm just trying to pick out the ones yeah. I like. Got some Dutch globes. Um, the Joseph Moon Moxon, 1679. Oh, I like Charles Which... Prince's from uh, circa 1679 to 1733. Um, yeah. And, even, and there's another site called Virtual Globe Museums. And if you're a fan of um, UI UX, you, you won't appreciate it. Um, well, no, I suppose it's in, <laughs> in Google Earth. But um, 
Uh, yeah, that, that one has got a, um, a globe of 1507, a Wildes globe. Um, Yeah, so so go online. I like it when the quote. further you go back, so I was going to say the uh, the further you go back, so the seventeen twenty eight uh, J G Doppelmayr celestial globe, um, which you can have a look at. It's a celestial globe, I guess, um, but so many beautiful pictures of you know the uh, the rare, various astrological figures, astrological, astromon, astronomical, astrological. Astrological. Um, <laughs> astrological. Well, anyway, yeah, uh, absolutely amazing. Um, it's well worth if you like your globes and you like maps. Then having a look at these is kind of like a, it's like wandering through the museum without having to be there. Yeah, you, you don't have to. Anyway, to um, you're not allowed to travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the next big thing. So maybe if you've got an old globe, maybe you should digitize it. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's really, sorry, I'm looking at a... Uh, <laughs> Here we go. A, sorry, well, yeah, a, a 1728 terrestrial globe, again by the uh, the Doppelmayers. Myers, Myers. Um, God, there's nothing in the Pacific Ocean. It kind of goes uh, South America. Pan Have they Island, left New Africa. Zealand off the map? Nothing, 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 until you get... Uh, oh, no, there's a little... Yeah, nothing. Hang on. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Oh, no. Uh, New Zealand, um, but it looks nothing like that. They've actually left. They've got it on the map. Cool. Okay, I'm done. Beautiful. Sure. <laughs> got to go and have a look. <laughs> right. So that is the British, uh, the British Library's digital globes. Look that up. Definitely look it up. And that's our news, Chris. Phew, that was a lot of news, Mark. It it was with a little few little side um, side sidebars thrown in, um, and now we're going to do our topic of the week, Chris. Of course, I need to find it. There it is. Topic of the week. All right, topic of the week, Chris. Not COVID. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, it's a little bit covered out. Um, well, but it's it's yeah. it was what was popular before COVID. What was popular before COVID? Um, don't know. What, it almost feels there wasn't anything before COVID. <laughs> Sustainability, Chris. Oh, actually, a, a pretty uh, a pretty hot topic. Um, yeah, pretty important as well. Yeah, um, and we we were pondering this, pontificating um, before COVID hit us, and going, well, we we is GIS is geospatial stuff actually sustainable, and what does sustainable practices look like in geospatial intelligence? And I think what we, we uh, this would be a really short news, a uh, really you know, short topic of the week. What we concluded was, yeah, it probably was. Thank you. Uh, no, I, I think what we kind of concluded is obviously, you know, geospatial technology has a role to play in 
solving, in in monitoring, in mapping, in you know whatever you want to call it, uh, sustainability. Yeah. Right. Location's really important part of um, of sustainability, and and I, I think also to take it up a level, what does sustainability really mean, Chris? Uh, yeah. Do I write an answer now, or can I come back to you on that? <laughs> well, I think. A, s a simple definition, which is by no means anyone's formal definition, would be the ability to, um, I want to say placate, but it's not, is to balance the um, non-sustainable practices with the sustainable practices. Uh -huh. right. So so what you're trying to do is, is, is be... Uh, be fine with the environment. I don't know. Come on, help me out here. Well, it, I can't believe we're struggling here with the uh, the definition of sustainability. No, it's a it, simple it's, definition. It's not that important, in a weird way. <laughs> I think you know we, we can basically sustainability. It's about being good, right? It's nice to the environment, you know. Yeah. Not screwing it up and making sure we've got you know resources and whatever to to last, rather than uh, we use up now and then we're completely screwed. Um, or we find alternatives, etc., etc. Right? Sustainability, you know, we get it, right? Um, and then that's where the kind of the use of geospatial technology comes in, in that you know that uh, the ability to map, uh, the ability to monitor those kind of you know sustainability issues. Um, yep. COVID nineteen has been fantastic in terms of uh, reducing the environmental impact of you know the motor vehicle and pollution and so forth, so forth on you know on the globe. And there've been numerous stories about how uh, you know how we're seeing that in or seeing the lack of impact or seeing the impact of um, COVID nineteen you know via satellite imagery and so forth, right? Um, but, and this is the but, and this is the bit where you kind of chipped in with, with your thoughts uh, around the impact that uh, kind of GI systems now require, um, particularly in terms of, uh, yeah, massive data centers. Well, yeah, so so I think, um, I mean, one of the things you should, you should ask in the sustainability drivers is the tool I'm using actually helping or hindering. Mm -hmm. And if it's well, because nothing, nothing is completely positive. I don't think. Well, maybe some things are, but um, you know, there is a cost when you print that map and it's got a mistake in it. There's a cost there. Mm -hmm. There's a cost in ink. There's a cost in electricity. There's a cost in paper. Um, what do you do with that paper? Just How can you recycle it? Oh. Well, yeah, take it home for your kids to draw on. That's what I used to do. Um, well, I think, you know, it's an interesting point here. You kind of go, well, I do scrumple it up and I throw it in the recycle bin, right? And therefore I'm doing my thing, it's being recycled. And you don't think about the energy cost that you've either used yeah. in terms of, you know, wasting ink, wasting the paper, or, or the energy required to recycle that. To recycle it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and then if you take the, the next step, Chris, you go, well, okay, so it used to be I printed a map and gave it to someone. Now I give them a URL. And they can find it on their app on their phone. Cool, I've saved a tree. You have, but you've also cost because they have the device. They have you've the cost. device anyway. They didn't get the device just because I gave them a map. <laughs> well, yeah, but you've cost electricity. Yeah. You've um. Well, I'm, you know, assuming, if, I'm assuming if it's getting on their device, that it's got to be hosted somewhere, right? Yep. 
sector. There's a server cost, potentially a data center cost. Um, yeah. And, and data centers, uh, they don't chew up much electricity, do they? <laughs> well, again, through our investigations, what we've found is they do something horrific. They do, yeah. Um, and, and most of the cost is actually in air conditioning, which is why some of them go to Iceland. Um, and they go to Iceland one because it's it's on rock, although it is a volcano, kind of. Yeah. Um, but Iceland's temperature and the massive amount of heat that, that these things generate means they don't need to put in um, any air conditioning. But are we melting Iceland? Will it soon just become land? No, but we're consuming electricity from Iceland. Um, oh, it's all geothermal there, isn't it? It? it is all geothermal. Oh, lot, it's fine, there's no nuclear then. stuff. So, so it's actually pretty good. And in in the research, I found um, the only thing they could say was, "Oh, you're taking electricity that others might use." And it's like, well, no. If you, if you're generating enough and everyone's got enough, um, you're not really taking it. So, oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Right. So, if you're using geothermal to uh, run your data center, um, yes, then that's good. Yes, it is. Right. New Zealand has considerable geothermal resources. Yes. And there's very few data centers here. Is, is this an opportunity? Or well, is it no, because New Zealand's on the edge of the world and latency is going to be a pain? Well, there's definitely that, but also New Zealand's geothermal areas are the least secure in terms of um, geological disruption, i.e. earthquakes and volcanoes. I guess um, they're probably quite bad for a data center, wouldn't they? <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. Which is why you'll find um, New Zealand's uh, data centers not near the uh, fault lines. Well, the fault lines we know about. Oh, for a minute there, Mark, I thought I was going to make a fortune. I was just going to set up a little data center, um, running it off you know, but, hydrothermal. But there is a marketing thing there. If you could set up your own geothermal um, power plant and then had your own lines all the way in through to somewhere safe in New Zealand, um, like middle like a earth. long power cord yeah basically a, a, a very long power cord um it's not going to work because we're in lockdown is power cords an essential item yes they are oh okay we're fine um, show it so are shoes it turns out well of course um and a lot of bike bits which i was quite impressed with but not guitar strings which has kind of annoyed me <laughs> um <laughs> does does remind me of a, a um, friends, kids, friends. He's really into the trombone, and he has four trombones at home. Sorry, when is ever having more than one trombone a necessity? Apparently, when it is. When is having one trombone a necessity? Uh, just like your poor neighbours in lockdown next to you, and you've got four trombones. I know, can only play one at the time, thankfully. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I don't know if you have more trombones, get in touch with us. But um, or, or turn to yeah. our other podcasts, uh, <laughs> tromboning, the uh, the Mark and Chris way. Uh, yeah, no, that doesn't. Tromboneable. Oh, oh, good. Anyway, yeah. sustainability. So. Anyway, <laughs> so the other thing uh, with data centers is um, they get out of date very fast. What um, does and that so mean? Well, the tech, not the hardware, I suppose, being used. Okay. Um, and what do you do with that? How do they recycle? Like, there's, you know, um, well, what's, the, like what's the law? What happens in most businesses, the IT manager just takes a couple home. 
know? Yeah. Um, what's, what is, is it Moore's law that says yes. um, transistors double every two years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a law as such. It's a, it's a rule of thumb. Um, but what are you doing with the old transistors? You know, after four years, you're onto your third transistor upgrade or CPU upgrade or whatever. What are you doing with the old one? Do you put it in the recycle bin next to the map? Can they be recycled? Um, yeah. So it's an interesting one when you look, everyone's going to the cloud. It's brilliant. And there's a cost to the cloud. So how, how can we make the cloud, these massive data centers, more sustainable, Chris? I'd love to say by using GIS, because then we've got this kind of circular argument. You sure? Uh, continuing your argument, discussion point, uh, whatever you're suggesting. Um, are you suggesting that we shouldn't be using cloud-based oh. GIS tools? I don't know, because aren't they... Well, again, what's the cost? If you've got your own data center rather than a cloud data center, mm -hmm. is your sustainability cost not higher your environmental impact um, because you you don't have the um, what do you call it? the mass the mass appeal the mass um, reductions i.e. your one CPU is only used by that one machine yep, yep. whereas on a, a cloud center that one CPU is used by a thousand machines yeah no yeah, it's an interesting point um, I, I think you know. Overall, the the discussion point you're making is that we need to think more greatly about the the tools that we use to do the work that we do. I have to admit, when I've been sitting there and gone, oh, I'll just you know knock out another story map, or, you know, or uh, <laughs> another sixty thousand. Yeah, just another one. Um, I'm on my third one today. Um, yeah, when you, you know, I don't think about the the sustainable or sustainability issues associated with the fact that that story map is going to be stored in ArcGIS Online uh, in a data center somewhere. Um, yeah, and that, there's a cost to having that um, piece of memory stored there. So, are you saying that you, for sustainability, you should actually clean up your web maps and get rid of that data that's sitting around? Well, I mean, yes, you definitely should do. And, you know, every so often, you know, at work we go through and we do a kind of clean up, um, which has nothing to do with the, the credits, by the way. We just, you know, we <laughs> tidy ship. Um, but in, I, I did have a thought there. You know how within some electricity companies you can choose where your uh, provider, you know, or how electricity is provided, whether it's you know green or not. And you might pay a slight premium for that. You may not. Um, can you get greener data centers? Yeah, could that yes, be part you can. of your, So, would that be part of your choice, perhaps? That Esri, I'm picking on Esri because of, of, of ArcGIS Online, could go, hey, you can pick your data center, and by the way, these data centers are greener than these other data centers. That'd um, be cool, wouldn't it? That would be. It, it's kind of like the um, free range egg debate. It's like when you go to the supermarket, there are non free range eggs, and there are free range eggs, and there are really free, free range eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, and they all come with a price point. Yep. Um, and you as a consumer 
hopefully if if circumstances arise you can you know spend the money you want to spend on your eggs yeah rather than have to i mean not not everyone's that fortunate to be able to make that choice yep um but yeah there's an interesting quote here from gary cook um you know gary cook guys yeah <laughs> love his work yeah the old gc yeah um he commented the internet is the single biggest thing we we're going to build as a species um and so it's something if we build it right with the right sources of energy could really help power our transition to renewables if we build it the wrong way it could actually exacerbate the problem yep so that's that's sort of coming down on your alley if you and i don't know where esri data centers are for arcgis online but there's still a lot of coal-fired power plants around the world Mm. and diesel fired and you know transitioning to other other things is always an interesting debate um you know well we're we're not here to debate the uh, the benefits of nuclear versus solar versus wind um and we're not we normally stick our oar in <laughs> i'm trying not to um <laughs> but you know those things are better than diesel and coal so i mean because again you know people listen people are listening they're listening now. Well, they're not listening now, but people listen. Um, I'm expecting that within a few short weeks uh, there'll be an announcement from Esri or Mapbox, or, yeah, Mapbox probably, um, going <laughs> that you know they uh, are putting forward you know your your ability to choose greener data centres. Yeah, I give them a few months, um, but yeah, well, no, a few months. We've got like a, you know, a, a pandemic going on. Nobody's allowed out. They've got plenty of time <laughs> to think about these things. That's true. Um, but yeah, green data centers, I think, are you willing to pay a bit more? And then, But then, of course, you have the cost difference, of course. Who is actually paying for it? So if you're a private company, you are choosing to pay a bit more and reduce your profit. If you're a public company, you're actually spending the public's money. Um, and therefore, you've got to ask, well, do we, do we spend it on a greener um, data center or do we uh, pave the roads a bit more often? Sure, um, it, so. it's it is, but it's the, same, it's the same debate in terms of you know if you book a flight, do you tick the little box that says um, you know I want to uh, offset my carbon credits? No, I don't, um, because I can offset them myself without someone. Uh, sure, but but you know every, every, everybody yeah. knows you're not the you know you're like the the. the I'm, the, I'm the little red hen. I'll do it myself. Yeah. But but you know, is it would be much different. You know, you've got a little tick box. Is there a tick box for data centers? I want to offset my data center credits. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Well, and be. and and maybe there should be. Um, so that you know that gets us onto the Netflix binge. Net Netflix binge. You know that when um, Netflix does something cool, like at the moment, and they're under heavy heavy load, that's a heavy cost. To the environment. What's it doing at no. the moment? Well, we're all in lockdown, just watching Netflix and chilling. Yeah, still nothing on there, though. <laughs> sorry, 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 Netflix or whatever. But, you know, we're in New Zealand. We get the... Yeah. yeah the cut-down vision. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, there is a Green Grid Association. Okay. Um, I don't know how many people are part of that. Um, but, yeah, perhaps, perhaps Chris... Instead of watching, um, you know, 
all of Gossip Girl back to back in a day. Um, You've been speaking to my could, wife. You could spread it over a week and take walks in between just to save the data centers or it's save the environment. Do you know what? It's literally like you're in my house at the moment. My wife, <laughs> well, because she can't go out, she's watching Gossip Girl. It's like a, it's like a drug, you know. Uh, whereas I go out for a walk or something. Don't, she was watching Gossip Girl last podcast. So. She's still watching. Literally. Is there a lot of episodes? I, I know nothing about it. I don't know how many seasons there are, but there are numerous seasons. And I don't know how many episodes there are per season, but lots. Because there's no way she can have watched this much uh, unless there was lots. <laughs> are so, they like four-hour sessions as well? I don't know. I walk in, the TV's on, it says Gossip Girl, I walk out. Like, you know, it's <laughs> literally that. Maybe, maybe, and if I was a, a better husband, maybe I'd be experiencing, you know, I'd be sharing some of the Gossip Girl. Do you, do you not know that maybe she's actually watching something else and just flicks it on when you come into the room to make sure you don't sit down? No, we're, we're doing all right. <laughs> we like each other, really. She's just not here to defend herself. If she was, I'd be saying very nice things about her. I can of say course. very nice things about her anyway. She's brilliant. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so summary, Chris. Summary. What are we summarizing? Um, well, don't I think in season five, <laughs> Car- oh, I don't know what they're called. I think what we're saying, what we're saying is one, you need to think about your GIS tools and how you were doing things. You know, so you're trying to minimize your waste in terms of yes, printing totally, but. Do you know what? I will say this. Remember your plotters? Your massive yeah. plotter? Love a good plotter. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, but, you know, they were like magic. Um, I, I I fell in love with the word velour um, just because of a plotter. Oh, Mike can print on velour. Okay. <laughs> um, do you mean velour? Anyway. I'm not, I'm not sure if you mean velour. I, I possibly don't. It doesn't matter. It prints on cow skin or something or calf skin. Or, it could print on things. I love the plotter. A massive, you know, and oh, it was it was a little yeah, magic as the thing came out. It's brilliant. But we don't really do use plotters so much, do we? Well, I don't anyway, you know. When was the last time you saw a plotter? Um, oh, we just not did for a while, but I haven't really been in the business of plotting. No, but you just do a digital map, don't you? You just digital map. You do nowadays more, more yeah. and more. Um, and this is for a public sign. But yeah, I get your point. Um. But I do think, and and again, you know, I think it's a brilliant idea that you should have a choice of data centers, like everything else, like your carbon offset, like your. Uh, your Ooh, I've had a farm I've had a thought, Chris. Just just to interrupt yeah. you here. Sorry. What about instead of holding onto your data, you give it to someone like Google or Mapbox to put onto their maps, so that you're not duplicating the data. You know, one of the things that... No, what if my data's is, private? Well, sure, but... They've probably already, know, already got you, it. Um, I, I've noticed a lot of Esri users or companies, you know, they have like 20 different web maps for mm. 20 different things. Um, and there's a cost there. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, save a tree and um, reduce the number of web maps you have. Yeah, well, well, you're suggesting that we we go from the monolithic web map to the... Multiple no. spread out web maps back to the monolithic web map yes. to save the environment. Yes, that is that is correct. Interesting. Um, so monolithic is is the way forward. That's a bombshell. I was going to say on that bombshell, but then I'd sound like Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. So no, you wouldn't. Up front. No. Well, on that uh, bombshell, 
<laughs> um, think about it. If if you're a data, if you're going with the data center, look at the look at how they get their electricity. Um, look at their what they do with their uh, when they renew hardware. Mm. Um, don't walk, don't binge watch Gossip Girl. Uh, just in general. <laughs> um, I would like to see. I would like to see an environmental summary of the data centers that you know the likes of Esri yep. or whoever else use. Um, and you know, I, I think we have a right as a consumer to know you know what data centers are being used on our behalf and yeah, yeah. Their, their credentials green or otherwise well, you, you've got a good point there traceability you know we want to know that our animals our eggs came yeah. from a happy chook um we want to know that our data is coming from a happy data center hey mark i'm feeling this might be the best uh topic of the week we've had in a long time <laughs> all right well are we going to end it there then i think we should before one of us says something Stupider than usual. <laughs> right, great topic of the week, Chris. Thanks, listeners. You've been wonderful. Yeah, um, keep keep your correspondence coming in. We do like to hear from you. Um, your 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 COVID stories. That's always amusing. We've got Obviously a few interviews. Not... Oh, we were going to have a few interviews. This was supposed to be an interview, but COVID nineteen stepped in and kind of wrecked that. Well, may or may not have. Um, well, <laughs> and, and if you are suffering from COVID, you don't need to write in and tell us how how you're suffering. Um, we just hope you get better. Mm -hmm. um, but you lock in stories, you shut down. It, it is an amusing, amusing um, introduction. Um, and it's also an opportunity to care, I find. You know, when you're talking to people who are just business acquaintances and you go, hey, how, how are you actually doing? You know, are, are you coping as a family? I completely um, agree. You get an awful lot closer to your colleagues because their family is now often in the background of <laughs> any conversation you have with them. It's, I, I find it brilliant actually um i had a meeting today with a client and uh the client's kids were just running around in the background and you know yeah. you're not because everybody's in the same boat it's like well there's, there's no kind of sense of well that's not professional you're kind of going well yeah that's if you came in five minutes earlier that would be my kids running around in the background you know yeah and and business dress is is, is dumbed down a lot it's now you know you just have meetings unshaved in your t-shirt and you may or may not be wearing pants no one knows <laughs> Yes, it's it's uh, it's business uh, from the waist up, isn't it? And then uh, party on the <laughs> yep. waist down, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Um, and on that bombshell. <laughs> that bombshell. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been great. And um, yeah, stay safe. <laughs>